0: This is Together, an Ada Bible Church podcast about the world of marriage, where we attempt to invite you to explore the ways that marriage works and doesn't work. From practical ways of learning to biblical inspiration, we invite you to listen to other professionals and couples to help enrich your marriage. Here are your hosts, Samuel Jones and Dr. Kelly Bonniewell. Well, listeners, we are excited once again to be on together. Of course, this is Samuel, and we have Dr. Kelly Bonawell here with us today. And today, Kelly, is an exciting, exciting day because it's our very last episode of the season. Touchdown. <laughs> How amazing is that? You know, I think uh, when you think of our our very last episode of our first season, there's some things that we have just been through Challenging. I don't think uh, our listeners know, Kelly, that when we started this thing, um, we didn't necessarily know everything that we were going to talk about. No, we didn't. <laughs> we didn't know that, you know, we were going to start off in person and then all of a sudden be virtual for a very long time. Too long. Too long, right? And then on top of that, you know, being in, in, in uh, virtual, not only did we not see each other, we could only hear each other. And then when we asked guests to come on the podcast, there was this thing of like, they're not going to see us either. So we're basically going off of each other's voices. Talking in the dark. Wow. So like, that's a highlight I can just think of on top of our heads, you know, of, of doing this. Also, we had absolutely no marketing you know what I'm saying? And so we just had a chance to just start recording. We pushed play. We started talking about issues that were near and dear to our experience in counseling and mm-hmm. dealing with, you know, our tenders and marriages. And, and from zero listeners to over 1,000 subscriptions, I think, is a, a powerful testimony oh, of just starting this thing. Ch- I'm shocked. Yeah. And and, and all across the world. Yeah. Yeah. All across. like. Some of the countries like Thailand, uh-huh. um, I believe the Netherlands has been listening. Of course, yeah. the Great USA has been listening. You know, we've been over, I think it's over seven countries, you know, that have listened to the Together podcast. And that's just an exciting thing to say in your first season. We've had this many subscriptions, this many people listening to the Together podcast. And I think that's just an amazing testament to just where God is wanting to take us in and helping marriages. Yeah,
1: totally. And we have this brand new studio we're in.
0: Get out of here. You, hey, well, you know what? We are in a brand new studio. Look at that. <laughs> That's exciting. Um, I think, you know, there's some some thanks in order, too, for this. Absolutely, Kelly, you Samuel.
1: Know. Um, you know, I uh, can't thank Jane enough for all the hard work she's put in. Gail, Dylan for doing production. Yeah. Paul making these wonderful soundproofing uh
0: thingamajigs what are these called again uh these are called soundproofing boards
1: yes <laughs> the they, call, give it. <laughs> they are making the room not echo fingers crossed at all right and then uh anyone else you want to say thanks
0: to yeah how about this thank you to all of our guests and mm-hmm. all the individuals that came through we've had you know several couples come in and just share their testimony share their experience in life also all the counselors and therapists that came in and and gave their thoughts and gave their you know ideologies and and how that kind of helps marriages from where they are i think it was just amazing to have you know close to six guests you know over the course of our time together doing 16 episodes 16 in our first episode i know that's that's I, i can't believe we've done that many it's amazing it's amazing kelly so that's exciting um, do you have a, like a favorite highlight from the together season?
1: I do. Uh, I was been thinking about that. Uh, there's many, there's many, uh, great moments, but the one that sticks out to me is, uh, a recent one with Kevin and Becky Vrugenhill. Mm-hmm. and Becky said, uh, you know, you have to realize that your partner is not against you and it's for you. And I think that's true in most marriages. Yeah. One way to think about it, you know, I was thinking about this, too, this morning, you know, marriage is not for sissies. You know, it's going to be the most difficult thing you ever are going to do in your life. So true. And, uh, you know, I've shared this before, you know, Paul talks about himself in the New Testament, and he says, you know, he's the worst of sinners.
2: Mm.
1: Well, really what he's saying is, Kelly, you're the worst of sinners, and Samuel, you're the worst of sinners. Yeah. Yeah. And so in my marriage Julie's the worst of sinners, I'm the worst of sinners and then God says, "Hey, go by the go love one another." <laughs> right. You know, like like that's no easy task always. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, I really I really liked what Becky said about that. Yeah. How about you?
0: Yeah, I can think of mine. You know, mine is as very personal um when you started to talk about personality in marriage. Um I have thought about that, but not to the place where you kind of started talking about the disc personality, you know, and how that plays into our own relationship and how, you know, our roles and how we think through things. And for me and my wife, Tova, that's her name. I haven't mentioned her name all podcast. And Kelly was like, Sam, you got to mention your wife's name. And I said, well, I just call her wife. You know, and he's <laughs> like, no, you got to say her name. And so I said, Tova, you know, Tova and me have. It's a beautiful name. A, thank mm-hmm. you. Yes. It means beautiful actually in Hebrew. So, really? Cool. Yeah. Yeah, so it works out. <laughs> 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 um, and so it's so funny uh, when we started talking about personality, she's a, a DI and me being an SC, you know, and how that plays out in our marriage outside of the work piece has been amazing and where she's been strong at has been areas where I've. Have been learning to grow in And so that is just That helped our marriage so much And I'm pretty sure I've heard from various other listeners Where that helped them as well Like oh I never thought about How personality plays a role into that And we had a whole Four part series on that You know that was amazing So um, And that's just a tidbit For our listeners If you have been you know, hearing this first podcast for the first time, you're like, oh, this is the last episode and you get a chance to look at the other ones or hear the other ones. Like, go back and listen, because mm-hmm. we've talked about some great content. Some of our couples, some of our therapists have come in and shared some really great things. And so if you are, you know, listening for the first time again, I always encourage you to go back and check out the previous episodes. Mm-hmm. With that being said, mm-hmm. Kelly, we have two amazing guests here at our last very last episode of season one
1: uh, i am so excited <laughs> to interview dan and sarah wright oh yeah so a little bit of background uh samuel um dan and i started at the same time at ada mm-hmm. so that's 13 years ago so wow. I've, I've known dan a long time yeah and gotten a, dan and i are close friends and uh so I'm really, uh, and, and Sarah's a little spunky. I, wait, I can't wait for our <laughs> listeners to meet Sarah. The First Lady yes. Sarah. Listen, first I think lady. our
2: listeners need to know that when I came in, you addressed me as First Lady. And <laughs> while right. we've been waiting to air, I have told Daniel that moving forward in our marriage, I would like to be called First Lady from here on out. It's amazing.
3: Emphasis on like. So (laughs) there's no mandate there. So we'll see what happens. This is
0: great. And the reason listen, the reason I did that is because my Pentecostal Baptist Mm -hmm. roots in me is like I come into a campus. First off, church is called campus, you know. And and Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, all right, campus. And then I meet the campus pastor and his wife. And I'm like, this doesn't feel right to me. It should be first lady and mm. at least suffragan bishop or something. You know mm. what I'm saying with Dan and Sarah. So we can keep and, campus pastor and first
2: lady. I think that's okay. Yeah. That yeah. sounds great. There's no need to confuse people. You are the campus pastor, but I should be promoted to first lady.
1: We will be changing that <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Uh, with yes. all campus pastors. Yes. So uh, right. I'll ta- I'll talk to Rich about that. And I
0: love get it.
3: that changed for you guys. Right. I'm sure. Remind pa- me to thank you later. Oh, so, yeah. no, no problem. For, no problem. For the You've just created.
0: <laughs> I'm sure Pastor Jeff will be calling us all later on to, yeah, see yeah. This, to this podcast. <laughs> <What's> Deal here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this what's is going great. on? Well, uh, Dan and Sarah. Uh, you know, I also get a chance to serve with them in ministry at Kentwood Campus, and it has been a pleasure mm. to get a chance to serve with you. When I came on staff, you know, you. We're one of the first, very first people I met, and just hearing your heart for Kentwood Campus, and you know, seeing your wife and your kids, and the, your stories, which we'll get a chance to hear today, has just been a pleasure of mine. Mm. And so, I just want to thank you over this podcast for for being consistent, for being there, and for pastoring me too, because mm. that that means a ton, Dan. Mm. It means a ton. Those man. are very
3: kind words. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah.
0: So, so Kelly, let's jump into this podcast. Let's do this. Man. Yeah. So,
1: Dan, Sarah. So the very first question of the day <laughs> is uh, just tell us about yourself. Like, what do you do? We kind of know that about you for you, Dan, yeah. but maybe you can tell people what, like, what a campus pastor does. Yeah, yeah. And what are your interests? Maybe where did you grow up? All those kind of just kind of basic stuff. And uh, Sarah, you look eager. Oh, all
2: right. Well. You are
3: the first lady after I am all. The first lady. So. Yeah.
2: I think we should also just take Sarah out and say, first lady, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. No, you don't have to do that. <laughs> um, all right, well, I was um, born and raised in the Detroit area in a suburb called Troy, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, wonderful parents, godly parents. I have two older brothers and a younger sister. Uh, I currently am the housekeeping manager at Cornerstone University. Um, so I'm going on my second year there. Came in right before COVID, so like everybody else, I learned to adapt very, very quickly to a lot of changing things. Um, mother, uh, four beautiful children, obviously wife to Daniel, um, and like Daniel, have a real heart for ministry. Um, mine tends to fall a little bit maybe towards the elderly, and then also mm. just kind of. Uh, The Dying which that'll kind of come through and I think some of the questions you have for us later, but um, really have a passion and a heart uh, for, I would say, even college kids, uh, what I do at Cornerstone and then also just the elderly. Those are kind of some of my big interests.
3: Awesome. Dan? Yeah. So as uh, both Kelly and Samuel mentioned, I get to be the campus pastor uh, for our Kentwood campus uh, here in Kentwood, Michigan. And uh, basically a campus pastor is, the way I describe it, a senior pastor without the weekly teaching responsibility. Mm -hmm. Uh, So my hands are full with caring for uh, uh, the staff, caring for the congregation, and then looking for ways for our church family uh, to engage the community and how we can serve uh, the community where we're located. And it's an absolute gift uh, week in and week out uh, to be able to do that so i was not born and raised uh, in michigan i was actually born in houston texas i did
0: not know that yeah
3: yeah my dad uh, had a corporate career for the first 12 years of my life wow and we moved every two years like clockwork Uh, so i was changing schools uh, every two years and then we moved to west michigan he made a significant career change and came back uh, to west michigan to finish college and uh, go to seminary go to preacher school Out of town, yeah. you were born in H Town, yeah. Absolutely, and I haven't been back since
0: we left. Damn, Uh, we got to talk off script, uh, man. I have (laughs) dreams about Houston, man. Really, (laughs) Uh, I did not know that. Yes, you know, most of my dreams I see Beyonce because she was born there too. But I wonder what his
2: first lady thinks of that. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is great. And and you all have how many kids?
3: We have four kids, as uh, Sarah mentioned. So Naomi, who is, uh, will be 21 here in the next week. Uh, mm-hmm. We're filming, or we're recording this uh, the week of, of June, uh, what is it, 16th? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she'll be, uh, she'll be uh, 21 in a week, and she's actually uh, pregnant. Oh, wow. So we're going to have our first uh, grandchild our her first husband, grandbaby. Jaden, mm-hmm. and her live in North Carolina. Uh, he's a Marine and mm-hmm. they, are, they are based there and he's currently in Japan on deployment. Wow! And so uh, we've had the privilege of hanging out with her for the last month as she's been in West Michigan. And then our son, Noah, uh, who is 19, and then Noel, who is 17 and just recently graduated high school and mm-hmm. will be starting college in the fall. And then our baby, Nora, who is uh, 16 and uh, will be a junior
0: in high school. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Now I hear this this continual N thing going mm. on. Is there a reason behind the ends of first let first letters of these first names of your kids?
2: No, other than it, don't ever do it. So to our <laughs> listeners who are gonna have children, don't do ends. And don't like don't do ends that are Naomi, Noah, Noel, Nora. Like all the N. because when you're in that fit you know, that moment of rage where you're like, no, Noel, the kids would look at us and go, if you don't know our names,
0: you can't be mad. why did you name us?
2: But you know, when you, you're in that moment where you're trying to discipline your kids and you're trying to get their name out and you can't remember, you're trying to say their name, but they all sound the same. So we, we've made these funny like Norwell and like all <laughs> these combined names, so it's we don't even know how that happened do we really that just happened it, it kind of we did were young. it was very
3: organic and <laughs> yeah we love each of their names yes. we should reiterate we that sh- <laughs> <laughs> the, first, the first lady meant to communicate yes, that we love, love their names. names there's a
2: reason for the names <laughs>
3: come on now admit it
1: though yeah. Yeah. you guys are the type of couple when you're not at church you're wearing matching
0: outfits. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly,
1: when
3: that happens, we're done.
2: (laughs) That is so not true, Kelly, because there are times just to get a rise out of Daniel, I'll slip my hand in his back pocket like you see some couples do, and he jumps out of his skin like, hey, don't do
3: that it always happens in public it's like (laughs) you're messing with this is about to be the greatest podcast
0: I have
2: joked about getting matching jean jackets and he's like no I will not do do
0: that with you You do it
2: if you know Daniel he's not a hugger so there's no way he's going to wear a matching jean jacket with the first lady
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh this is great well you know as you all are sharing and talking about your your story your history I think our listeners will probably want to know even at a more deeper intimate. Level, like, how did you all even get together? Like, mm-hmm. what's what's your love story? Mm-hmm. How did that happen? Mm-hmm. You want to tell sure? It?
2: So, yeah. um, it's kind of funny. Um, I was in my second year at Cornerstone University, so Daniel was in his first. He took a a year off, and so he was a freshman, and I was a.
3: I made some interesting choices after high school, yeah. and so uh, it took me a minute to figure out what it meant to be a grown up. So. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So I was in my um, second year, and um, actually the night that I, Daniel was brought to my awareness, I guess you could call it, um, I had just finished telling my parents that I was moving to Egypt Mm. uh, to live with my aunt and uncle and Mm. work in one of Mother Teresa's homes for the dying. Wow. It was my second year at Cornerstone. I was just, it wasn't what I wanted. I knew what I wanted to do, and that was just kind of... At the time, my favorite authors were Mother Teresa, Elizabeth Elliot. So in my mind, I was headed for the nunnery hood. I don't know (laughs) if that's a word, but we're going to make that (laughs) a word. You can make up any words you want. In my mind, I was like, you know what? I am sold out for Jesus, and I'm headed to the nunnery hood, right? So I had literally just gotten off the phone to just deliver this news to my parents. Like, I'm leaving, called Aunt Mary Kay, going to Egypt, I'm going to... Just serve for a year, just see what God does with that. Yeah. My sister knocks on my door, so she's a freshman. She comes in, she says, Hey, I got this friend named Dan. He wants to take you out. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no. No. Like, Joe, I'm my sister's Joanna, I call her Joe. Hey, Joe, I'm I'm gonna be a nun. Like I'm not interested. <laughs> but she was so persistent. Sure. She just would not give up. Like Dan, he just, you know, and I was like, as long as you make sure like he knows this hey my sister's gonna be a nun but sure she'll she'll go out and have dinner with you
3: it was a challenge yeah i accepted did she even
2: say that to you did she fulfill that no she never told me that i'm gonna have to have words with you sister well and
3: what sparked all this you should know is we were hanging out in one of the dorms at cornerstone Mm. uh which we typically did in the evenings after classes and i had never seen her sister uh never so i'm hanging out with joanna Mm -hmm. and i had never seen her sister at the time sarah and uh Sarah walks out of one of the hallways into the common area. And I mean, I was instantly smitten. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, I can tell you right now what she was wearing. I mean, I remember like it was yesterday. We're sitting over by the pool table. She comes over to ask her sister something. And she's got her hair pulled back in a bun. She's wearing her glasses, which she's means
2: a, I was at my worst. No, to no, no, be no, no, honest. no not, not even
3: close. <laughs> she's wearing a white t-shirt and jeans, oh, and I thought this no. is a girl that I want to get to know and hang out with, and uh, uh, wow. I was instantly smitten. So that's part of the story you need to, that's 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 what's going on. But it also
2: is, I was at my worst, which speaks a lot to the fact that you thought you were smitten because if I had my glasses on, I was in for the night. That's what that meant. (laughs) 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 Um, So anyway, my sister was just real persistent. So uh, I finally agreed and it was much like a blind date. Uh, You borrowed a car.
3: We were so poor. We were poor college students. We didn't have a car on campus.
2: Uh, We borrowed a car and we went to Ruby Tuesday. And I remember something being up because I am not a salad type of girl. Like if I go to a restaurant, I'm getting a hamburger, I'm getting fries. And at the restaurant, I found myself like, I'm going to impress, like I'm going to be dainty. I'm going to be this like feminine woman and I'm going to order a salad And I've never ordered a taco salad before, but I ordered a taco (laughs) salad, okay? (laughs) Thinking, this is nice. I'm going to impress this boy. He doesn't think I have a big appetite, and I'll just, you know, swing through McDonald's after this date or something. (laughs) And out comes this humongous, humongous salad, like a taco, like the whole, I didn't even know, right? So they set this down in front of me. You ordered spaghetti?
3: No, like stir fry or something. Stir fry. And uh, and I'm thinking... (laughs) <laughs> Dang, this girl can eat. <laughs> I, I eat. want a girl who wants. Yeah, this is this is what we want. You know, this and I'm we, mortified yeah.
2: <laughs> because I grew up where we never got to go out to eat, and so Dad was like, "You clear your plate." So I'm sitting there mortified because I'm like, I have to eat this humongous salad, including the shell that it came in. <laughs> And um, I did. Yeah, didn't I? It was impressive. I, and it was like, so it was like a battle. If I want to press this boy, but I could hear my dad, like Sarah Elizabeth, clean your plate. And so we were there, and we just started talking, and it was just, it took off, and it was like, we known each other for.
3: It was just a connection. Heaven. Yeah. Yep. yep.
2: In fact, the waiter came and was like, "Hey y'all, we closed about twenty minutes ago. Don't want wow. to rush you, but yeah. it's time for you to leave." So we leave, I get back to the dorm and my sister lived on the same hall as me and she peeks her head out when I come in and she goes, hey, how was your date? And I go, oh my gosh, I'm gonna marry this kid. Two months later we were engaged, seven months later we were married. Wow. Now we found out year five from my mom that when I, that evening I called to say, hey, I'm headed to Egypt. She hung up the phone, looked at my dad, and said, you better pray that she meets a boy and gets married because that's the only thing that is going to keep her here in the States. So needless to say, anytime we have a prayer request, we go to my mom. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: (laughs) She must have a direct link. So
1: on that note, like, what were those early connections? Like,
3: Why did you fall in love with the other person? Mm. Mm -hmm. Great question. For me, it was um, just instantaneously, um, Sarah has depth. Um, I appreciate how thoughtful she is and the way she um, views the world. Mm. Um, she views the world. I mean, I learn a lot from Sarah about what it truly means to serve. And there are so many applications that I make in my pastoral world um, as, as I attempt to pastor and serve. There are countless times where I, the thought occurs to me, um, I wonder what Sarah would do. Mm. You know, in this situation, um, because her instinct is to serve, her instinct is to care, her instinct is to um, listen and understand. And I felt that as we were meeting in that first date. And she was just very interested in my story. Um, but her interest in me made me more interested in her. Mm. And so it just began, I mean, that's that's how it's always, well, not always, you'll find out here in a minute, we've had some challenging seasons. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, uh, I shouldn't have said that. Um, but that was the thing that connected me, uh, uh, aside from seeing you in a t-shirt and jeans, you know. And my glasses. And your glasses, oh, boy. Uh, which I was enormously smitten.
0: <laughs> um,
3: but it just got better and better. And to the point now where I look back at those early days and, you know, you think that's as good as it's going to get. Sure. Well, it's far more compelling now, 20, 21 years later.
2: 21.
3: Yeah. do so next month. To answer your question, that was that's the, beautiful. That's the thing mm-hmm. that drew me to her. That's uh, beautiful. Instantaneously. Mm-hmm. Sarah, how about you?
2: Um, I think if you obviously attend our Kentwood campus and you get to sit under Daniel for the, you know, moments that he gets on stage, Mm -hmm. um, you can't help but know his heart. And that night sitting across the booth at Ruby Tuesday, I mean, it was just, his heart was open and on display and I fell in love instantly with somebody who, you know, I used to joke him to joke about with Daniel, especially because I've always been a little bit jealous of his relationship with God Mm. and just kind of the way that God speaks to him, how he shares, you know, with me. So like in our early years, I used to tease him like I'd come up and I'd kiss him and I'd be like, can Jesus kiss you like that? (laughs) Like just to be like, right? But like, that's what it's supposed to be, right? You want this man to be first a lover of God, right? But like, it would also drive me nuts just how in tune he would seem to be with, you know, his father and the Holy spirit. And then that would come out in his heart and just, you know, it's beautiful watching him. So I would get a little bit jealous too. Like, Hey, you know, like I want, but I don't want that first place. Cause that is where, where it should be. But like, that was the biggest thing. I just remember like, you know, obviously you can look at somebody, but then they sit down, they open their mouth and like what would come out of your mouth was just an insight into your heart and just Absolutely. your love. And I knew, I mean, we knew from the first date you were like, Sarah, I'm going to be a pastor. And, you know, I was already headed towards nunneryhood. hood. <laughs> um, so like already we were at that same, like both of us just knowing, hey, we have a heart to just serve wherever God would lead us. And I mean, from there he took us, our, we got married, we'd known each other eight months headed into our first full-time ministry, which was taking care of 10 handicapped men at David's house. Wow. So we are newlyweds trying to figure each other out and taking care of 10 adult males. Uh And uh, on top of that, I mean, in that first year, we would find out we were pregnant and we're bringing kids into it. But like God just met us in that desire. And I loved it too, because I don't think that part is necessarily daniel's forte in terms of the bathing and the feeding but the heart was there and Mm -hmm. he he does that and he did that with me you know where i was all about that um care and that physical care for the guys but like dan was able to step into that with me you know and it was it was awesome to serve together in that role challenging but
3: well it's crazy to think that at the time we were what 21 and 22 Ah. taking care of 10 developmentally disabled men who (laughs) Have far more wisdom and life experience <laughs> than the two of us, and their parents entrusted them to I us. I know
2: we look back at that like, like "What w- were their parents?
3: What, thinking? what were the people who hired us thinking? <laughs> you know, um, are we are, uh, are we capable of this?" But judging. it's really,
1: yeah. it's
3: really where we learned to serve together and uh, understanding what words like sacrifice and mm-hmm. selflessness and being others focused. Those are all wonderful concepts, mm-hmm. but this was space where we we had to. It was. Uh, really on the ground, boots on the ground. Yeah. We had mm-hmm. to learn this. And, yeah. you know, I think it's something we look back at that whole season of our life and you can just see God yeah. moving all over
0: the place. That's amazing.
2: time in teaching
0: us. That's amazing, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that that is such a huge part. When, you know, when you're first getting married and you have this, like you said, you were smitten, you know, attraction is huge mm-hmm. um, in marriage. You know, you're like, what am I, what am I attracted to, you know? Mm-hmm and those qualities, but then knowing that that's not the only piece of your relationship that draws you two to each other. And you know, like you said, the depth that Sarah had, or you knowing in, in terms of where are you leading the stand, You know, where are we going? And knowing that that's a huge piece of marriage. And I think that's critical. Um, When you're thinking about that. I know I can think about my marriage and probably Kelly can share his too, you know. I I hear some of the same kind of story piece from me and me and Mm -hmm. Tova and how powerful that is in terms of what kind of first brought us together. She was on her way to Baltimore, you know, not Egypt. <laughs> not Nuttery we Hood. We're right, closer to home. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, she was like, yeah. she's gonna be this big next the next Oprah in Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And you know, and, and then how God kind of just stopped us on the bus, and eventually us talking, you know, and all those mm-hmm. types of things, and those things. You never could take for granted how God kind of sets you up when you fire first meet your spouse. So that's Absolutely. an amazing story. Mm. An amazing that is story. a cool story. Yeah. yeah.
1: Thanks. So let's uh, talk about a challenging season. Um, have you had one or two? Uh, no, oh, it's, been it's been butterflies and pair, rainbows yeah, and right? unicorns, yes. and, you know, and matching outfits. Yes. 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 Absolutely.
2: Matching satin
1: jackets with,
0: with our names. Yes. I hope we're not Boo offending it. anybody, by the way. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you happen to wear matching satin jackets, Just, it's, it's together. cool. Yes.
3: Uh, <laughs> <ahead>. uh, uh, <laughs> yes, we've had m- multiple challenging seasons, but one sticks out because it was so transformational uh, in uh, really... Uh, we had to make a decision, are we in this? And it was year mm-hmm. 11, right, babe? Yeah,
2: yeah.
3: Uh, year 11, uh, so like Kelly mentioned earlier, uh, Kelly and I came on staff at Ada Bible Church uh, the same summer, and it was 2008, and I was—I still had a year of seminary left, mm-hmm. and so I was still training to be a pastor. My first uh, actual church job, and when I got hired, like something kicked in. Uh, I wanted the congregation, I wanted the people I was leading to know that they could trust me, I wanted them to know they could count on me. I wanted them to know that I would be there for them. And very rapidly, the church became my mistress. Mm. And I was devoting all of my time uh, to the church. Like literally, get up early in the morning, have a breakfast appointment, and then walking through my day, not being home for dinner, for family dinners, having evening appointments, coming home. And there's Sarah, you know, who has gone through the whole day with our kids because at the time she she was not working out of the home. And she's exhausted and we're not connecting. And she's constantly sending me these messages of, hey, uh, this, can't, this is not sustainable. Uh, this can't keep going. I need you home. Uh, I'd love to have you home during the dinner hour. You could help with you know, just having a family meal together, uh, you know, help with homework, help with getting the kids ready for bed, helping read stories before they go to bed, connect with your kids. Mm-hmm. And Sarah and I were not connecting by any stretch of the imagination. I was so focused on church. And to the point where when we were having conversations, it was not uncommon for me to take a phone call and say, hey, uh, just a sec, I need to take this call. Or we'd be driving in the car um, and I'm having a church conversation with somebody uh, in the congregation. And uh, it came from a place of wanting the congregation to know that I deeply love them mm-hmm. and care for them. But it was coming at the expense uh, of our marriage. Mm. And Sarah's just repeatedly she's being very gentle, gracious, kind, uh, attempting to get my attention. And and it wasn't working. I was ignoring and I I wasn't paying attention. In fact, I spiritualized it Mm. and said, but but, Sarah, this is my calling. Mm. I'm called to be a pastor and this is what I'm supposed to do. Mm. And she would graciously remind me, but yeah, you have a family too. And if you can't lead your family and care for your family, should you be leading and caring for a church family? And I would get offended at that, Mm. Um, but she was right. And it took uh, her standing in the kitchen one morning i came in the kitchen getting ready to go to my whatever appointment was next and she turned and looked at me and she says look if you don't call a counselor and get help and if we don't start marriage counseling together we're not going to make it we're done Mm -hmm. and for whatever reason that got my attention Mm -hmm. and i'm a i can be pretty prideful uh, mm-hmm. I don't want people sometimes to know that I have challenges in my life as well. Yeah. And so I had the joy of calling Dr. Kelly Boniwell <laughs> <laughs> and saying, Kelly, can you recommend a marriage counselor? Because if I don't get marriage counseling, <clears throat> this is going to end badly. And he recommended uh, a guy that the listeners might be familiar with, Mario Francescotti. Sure. And so for, was it eight months?
2: Mm, I think so.
3: Eight months. Yeah. Uh, every Monday morning we hung out. I think it would start out in the evenings, but we would end up being Monday mornings um, for an hour, meeting with Mario and putting our marriage uh, back together. And two important things happened there uh, that I want to make sure the listeners uh, understand and have been incredibly transformational for marriage and for my approach to family and ministry and significant changes I've made in my life. The very first time we walked into Mario's office, it was a Monday, I think it was a Monday morning. Yeah, I'm pretty confident it yeah. was. Now the details mm-hmm. are coming back. And there's a couple sitting in the couch. And as oh, soon as no. we open the door, yep. Pastor Dan. <laughs> yep. And I'm immediately frozen. What do I what do I do? And Sarah's like, Well, go sit down. And I'm like, Oh man, this sucks. Yeah. Uh, but
2: in that moment i knew you were in and you were for me because i knew what it cost you Mm. to walk into a room Mm. where you were i mean you were stripped naked in that moment Mm. let's be honest and how hard it is i think for those of us who hold ministry positions to add i mean that was our biggest fight right was you were like there's no way i can go to counseling i'm a pastor i should know i should have my stuff i together. should have my stuff together right yep. and that was where we kept button heads and you know one of those influential moments for us was hearing i think even our lead pastor jeff Mannion finally say from the platform hey chris and i have been to counseling Mm. And just how important I think that is for, I mean, we put our pants on the exact same way as everybody mm-hmm. else at church, right? Yeah. Yeah. But there there does just seem to come this unspoken like, Hey, you're a pastor and a pastor's excuse me, first lady. Mm-hmm. You must know. Thank, thank, thank you, you. Yes. first lady.
1: Uh, so sorry, um, don't no, thank you.
2: you I'm, <laughs> I'm so stressed. sorry. Dan. I see what's going on. Right? going. Right? Yeah. the first lady and campus pastor definitely have it all together, right? But no, I mean, like you said, Kelly, we're the worst sinner, right? You're the worst sinner, and we're just trying to figure this out together. Mm. And so I think it's important, especially in church world for everybody to know that about those of us that maybe you put on a platform. Yeah. We're we're just as human as the next person. We're struggling well, with some of the same things. And that's
3: one of the key learnings I brought out of that is the couple looks at me and says, their first response was, well, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. And before I could answer, which I was so grateful for, uh, they said, oh, you're probably here to get to know the counselor so you know who to recommend. Oh boy. <laughs> so they bailed me out. <laughs> what a Oh to say. Man. So, um, I, was, I, was correct. I, was only, I was
2: quick to correct them. Uh, no. no, no, I didn't. <laughs> I
3: was only bailed out for a moment uh, because we walk into Mario's office, and the first thing I say to Mario is, "Mario, we can't meet here." Mm-hmm. And he looks at me and he says, "Why?" Mm-hmm. And I said, "Mario, there's a couple sitting out there who goes to my campus, who's part of my church, and I walk in. I can't. I can't do this." And he says, "Well, why?" Mm-hmm. And I was fumbling with my words. He says, "What?" You don't want them to think that you're normal. Mm. Oh, so good. And that just hit me between the eyes, and I thought, oh, I like this guy. Um, Mm. I need a guy like this who's gonna challenge me and Mm. draw this out of me. And so that was the first transformational thing that happened of many. But the second important one in that moment, in that same meeting, uh, Mario took the time to listen to Sarah's perspective, and then he wanted to hear my perspective. Mm. And as we were wrapping up, He looks at me and he says, look, Dan, I don't care if you're a pastor at a Bible church. I don't care who you know. I don't care about your stature. I don't care about your reputation. I care about you Mm. being the best Jesus follower you can be. Mm. And I care about you being the best husband and father that you can be. So good. And then he looked at me and he said this phrase that I've used in countless contexts. He says, Dan, you can be a great husband and father Or you can be a great pastor. You cannot be both. Mm. And that went right into my heart. And I said, I don't know why, but I responded to that. And I said, Mario, I want to be a great husband and father. Yeah. And if that means I can't be a great pastor, I can live with that. And that was the first time I was able to acknowledge that and process that. And that led us on this eight-month journey of, healing and restoration and putting ministry into context yeah. and rethinking my approach to marriage and family. And it has, as you'll hear as this, as this uh, interview continues to unfold, it has dramatically affected uh, who I am, um, but also how I approach my, my marriage with Sarah and um, my kids and, yeah. and things I'm willing to do and not do. Uh, in ministry. And I, like I said, I love, I love the Kentwood congregation. I, I try so hard uh, on a weekly basis to remind them that I love them, but I've gotten to a point where I've recognized I'm going to disappoint somebody Mm. and I don't want to disappoint anybody, Mm. but I cannot and will not disappoint my wife and kids. And if that means I got to make some tough choices as it relates to church, um, I'm learning To do that skillfully,
0: yeah, Mm. still a process. Yeah, Dan and Sarah, that is that is that is number one. That's a whole sermon series right there. (laughs) Like that's amazing to hear your story and share those highlights because I can think of so many individuals who go into ministry, or it could be relative to a job, you know, and it's your managerial job. It could be relative to some other career industry that you go into, and you make that thing. Almost like you're God. Absolutely. You make it your thing. And then you forget about, well, didn't God also call you to your family, your wife, your children? And the power of your story for me, being a pastor's kid, is seeing the other side of that Mm -hmm. and seeing how in many cases, like, man, my dad had to choose, mm, you know, my, yeah. my dad had to, and sometimes it felt like he chose the other side. Yeah, yeah. But in those moments I can think of all of our listeners who this might be relative to their story where they felt that like they had to choose another instance or that their parent had to choose another instance. And in that case, you know, hearing your story of you choosing your wife and your family and yet God's still blessing you to do ministry and to serve and to support, and yet mm-hmm. still having that, that, that thing inside your heart that says, you know what, I'm going to make sure that my wife and my kids are good, and that I'm there to serve them first, is amazing. And I think that speaks so much. Um, Kelly, What is what does that do for you as you kind of hear that story?
1: Well, a little bit, Sarah, I want to hear from you about yeah. this, you know? Like, mm-hmm. what what's your perspective? Dan kind of did a lot of the talking there, but- what was your perspective during that those eight months with mario and
2: yeah yeah like daniel said that was huge and like i said in that first visit um i knew daniel was serious and he was for me like i knew what it cost him to not only make that call but how ironic that that first that first meeting there's a couple and Mm -hmm. and then also just for him to humble himself and for mario to look at dan and be like i don't care I don't care if you're you know billy graham like Mm. you're coming in here you need to you need to work on your marriage you know you need to fix this yeah otherwise you're right you have no business being in ministry you know and um it was just and it was great because we had unfortunately after 11 years a very busy 11 years too we had forgotten how to date Mm. we had forgotten really how to talk about anything but finances, kids, mm. and work. In fact, I don't know if you remember our first date that Mario made us go on, and we're sitting at, I think, Blue Water Grill. And, it's, and we're just staring at each other. Yeah. And mm. I think we would go to talk, and then it'd be like, oh no, I can't talk about, because Mario was like, you may not talk about kids, you may not talk about money, no and business. you may not talk about work. Yes. And we're literally fumbling because Mm. we had forgotten the art of what it was like to really pursue each other outside of those three things. And then in fact, I remember the first time we came back to Mario, he was like, how did it go? And we were like, it was horrible. (laughs) (laughs) And then he gave us like this game, like these cards. And they were just like, he was like, you guys have lost, you've lost what it means to dream together. And we truly had. Because I remember in those first couple months of even just dating, we had some big dreams, some things that you and I were going to do, and then life settled in, and we really had forgotten how to date each other. Absolutely. And um, to this day, I mean, here we are, that was year 11,
3: Yeah. to
2: this day, we have a... um, a, what is that word I'm looking for? Like Weekly non-negotiable. Non-negotiable yeah. date night. Date night. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're 21 years in now, but we still date once a, once a week. Yeah. Um, and we go on these dates and our kids know like, "Hey, Thursday or whatever day we pick, it's usually Thursday night, that's mom and dad's date night." Um, we do that. Um, you're home at least we say three out of the you know, and there's extenuating circumstances in ministry sometimes, but for the most part, as much as we can, especially now with the kids being older, we try to grab as many family dinners as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it was just huge because like I said, I always, I told you jokingly in the beginning, like I just know Daniel's heart for Jesus, for ministry, for his church. And that was threatening to me because he is, he loves to bring people to Jesus. And I think be what, you know, Jesus is asking him to be in terms of show my people, Yeah. show my people what it's like to be loved by me. And that was huge for me though, because I did feel like in that season, they were more important than the kids and I. Mm-hmm. And for Daniel to just, call a time out on ministry and say, whoa well, and step into that. And here we are. I don't know how many years you've been serving now. It's um,
3: 10 years later. 10 years Since later. Yeah. yeah.
2: And just being consistent and faithful and yeah. not losing sight of that. And we don't get it right every time. I mean, you know, there's been some bumps along the way too, but that was the biggest season well, I think that a good changed point. us. That's
3: a good point to mention. Um, my heart naturally drifts towards workaholism <laughs> you know I love the work that I do and so I have to fight and really protect and put strong boundaries in place to protect my calendar and protect more importantly date night family opportunities and just taking care of my own soul uh, so that I can be emotionally connected to Sarah and the kids and there are seasons where Sarah will gently will be sitting outside or will be at a date night, Or we'll be driving in the car or something and she'll just gently say hey do you realize you were gone four nights last week i'll say ah dang it i did it again didn't i and i have a wonderful admin at the kentwood campus uh that i can go to that next monday morning when we meet uh, and say hey kelsey um i'm doing it again Mm -hmm. i need some help here i need to protect you know these spaces and so we correct a whole lot sooner and my heart the, the time between these moments is, is lengthening yeah. um, because I do love my family. And what Mario reminded me of is my role in my family is to model Jesus Christ to my wife and to my kids. And Jesus Christ is not an absentee father. Mm. He is present. He is loving. He yeah. is gracious. He yeah. is merciful. He is quick to move towards his kids and the people he loves. And I had lost sight of that for my family and uh, I really had to reorient my life around, no, I want to be present. I want to be a great father. I want to be a great husband. And there are some things that I need to change and adjust. And the the ironic thing is, I really believe that in doing that, um, I still have a lot to learn when it comes to being a pastor, but I do believe God has used that to make me a
0: better pastor. Definitely. That's yeah. good. That's mm-hmm. good. Well, you know, past those, those, you know, 11 years and now 20, almost 22, correct, in marriage. Yeah. You know, what what's the future hold for, you know, for both of you? What do you most look forward to? or what's one positive thing you most look forward to on this side mm-hmm. of marriage?
2: I think, I don't know about you, but I'm excited to enter this next season of being grandparents together. Wow.
3: Absolutely.
2: Like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe we're there, but... Um, you and I getting to experience a little a little kid calling us <laughs> grandpa and grandma, you wow. know? And not looking behind my shoulder like, oh, your mother-in-law's, my mother-in-law's here. <laughs> um, which I love my mother-in-law. If you're listening, I love you, mama. Um, but like just that together, this is a new season. We've never experienced this before in marriage. So I'm excited to walk alongside you with that.
3: Absolutely. I mean, we're in that season where we're on the front end of being empty nesters and we love being parents. Yeah, we man. have loved uh, our, j- just the whole family experience, if mm-hmm. I can put it that way. And so there's a, bit, a little bit of lament mm-hmm. that we're experiencing mm-hmm. together as a couple. Sure. But we're also beginning on our date nights. We are dreaming about mm-hmm. things that we want to do together. I'm going to
2: buy a Harley and I'm going to put Daniel in the little motor car with our matching jackets and we are going to just go cross country. That's my plan.
3: Kelly, I think I'm going to need a name and a number for a, number, <laughs> for a counselor. Uh, someone a little
1: stronger
3: than I yeah. Yes, yeah. it didn't take. You, know, yeah. 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 Okay,
2: you well. can see it, right? That's why you're chuckling. You can see it's it. hilarious. Yeah. It really is.
3: Well, here's a little unknown yeah. fact about our, our marriage. Sure. Uh, Sarah's the one who can fix things. She's the tinkerer. If nice. something breaks in the house, uh, recently my my we were riding in the car and my son, who's nineteen, calls and says, "Hey, mom, can you fix my wiper blade on my car?" Yes. He was on speakerphone, and I said, "Dude, you realize I can hear you?" <laughs> and he says, "He says, yeah, but Dad, if I ask you, you're not going to know how to do it um, because that's her, Sarah's dad taught her how to fix things. Uh, I'm the." Like emotional, you know, feel deeply. You know, the kids come to me. Like Sarah will often say, "Yeah, you need to go to your dad. Um, <laughs> you need to talk to your dad." At but if year. you want
2: to change a tire, I'm more than willing to help yes. you yeah, like, yeah, yeah, go talk to your dad. I do
3: want one. to go on the record, though. I can change a tire. <laughs> so <laughs> no one was doubting. You, no one was doubting. You <laughs> no that <one's> that. doubting <laughs> your masculinity. <laughs> okay. And, okay. Okay. Let's just
0: <laughs> take, take five. Yeah. 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 Um,
1: that's great.
0: <laughs> That's that great. You know Dan as I was, as she was giving me that visual. I literally could see it cuz I'm visual. Mm-hmm. And I could see you looking just like Kelly with gray long mm-hmm. Thorish hair, yeah. you know, and, uh, and that's like what running.
2: Those little goggles.
0: Exactly. Right in the
2: little motor. Yes, right next, just, And I'm at the front and we've got our cutoff yes, jackets amazing. on. And,
3: like. Seriously. Yes. <laughs> we're going we're to we're keep this going. Hey, <laughs> the Bible Motorcycle Church. <laughs> this you know what I'm right. saying. It's okay. be. I love it.
0: Okay, I'm done. But uh, this is <laughs> great. This is great. Um, Kelly, we got one more question for them. And mm. um you know, so let's let's just see where this goes. Yeah, so uh, I hope you guys are going to bring your A game yeah. with
1: this question. Oh, boy. Oh boy. Pressure's yeah. on. Yeah. So if you were meeting with a young couple, and maybe even give your own separate answer, because mm. I'll be curious to see what you both say. Because me- you guys do meet with young couples, right? So yes. this is kind of an easy yeah. question for you guys. But, like, what would be one thing that you want them to walk away from that conversation learning and then attempting to you know put in their relationship like what's words of wisdom Hmm. you would give them
3: great question you want to go first
2: sure um i know we both agree on the first one so i'll let you speak into that one but one of the things that i have taken away from the number of marriages that i have attended or like wedding ceremonies that i've attended with you in which you kind of give a Um, brief talk about marriage and everything. And I know you switch up your marriage ceremonies every now and then. But one of the things I love, and I don't even know if I've ever told you this, is when you talk to the couple about basically out acting the other couple. Out serving. Yep. Out serving. Yeah. About how each day of marriage, when you wake up, waking up with the thought process of I'm going to outserve my spouse today. Mm. And I think it's so easy to wake up like that in the first couple of years because you're in this state of just everything. It's that honeymoon phase, right? But like when the kids come, when the hardships come, when all this stuff happens, I th- it's so hard to remember that. And so I try to and I think about you do so good at that, especially with the house, you know, like the fact that I come home, I don't have to do laundry I don't have to empty the dishwasher. And then, and just, I love that in thinking through, like in year 21, we're still trying to outserve the other, you know, and in just those simple acts with each other. Um, because you can just be like, oh, you know what, I'm not going to do that today or whatever. But I love that. And I think um, it's important for couples as they continue to, you know, experience more years together to wake up every day and to think, you know, while you're lying there, like, how am I going to outserve my mm. spouse today? You mm-hmm. know, because just how meaningful it is, even a text during the day or mm. a lot of times you will always leave your car on empty and I'll go fill it up for you. <laughs>
3: See, I'm giving you opportunities to serve. Exactly. I knew it. I knew it. I'm um, racing to get home so I can be with family. Yes, so you see how yes. this works. And then I get
2: in and I'm like, ding, I got to go get yeah, gas. No, I'm teasing. Sorry. But um, I feel like that—that that is a very, very important, um, yeah, just an important ad- admission for people is just as couples to keep out serving each other more. Yeah. yep yeah. every day just plotting ways to out serve the other and show that you love them
3: it can be genuine it's yeah. not like reducing it to a competition that's no. not what no. not what you're saying but no. you're saying you know how can we focus on the other
2: mm-hmm. no. yeah
3: that's brilliant Sarah I love that yeah I love that it is Dan how are you gonna tap it I don't know um, I'm a pastor at heart so the first thing that I, I think of is I would just encourage if you're thinking about getting married, if you're in the process of being married, if you're in a challenging season of marriage, if you've been married for a long time, uh, the best piece of counsel I could give is there is nothing in our marriages that cannot be healed or restored at the foot of the cross. Mm. And I think about this daily. Uh, I really mm. do. I, I think about all the challenges that we wake up with. And taking those to the foot of the cross for an example of what Jesus did in being others-focused, in being sacrificial, serving, caring, showing empathy, listening, the price he paid. Um, I was in a meeting earlier today, and um, it struck me. uh, I was thinking about this, this conversation a little bit as we were meeting, and it was appropriate for the topic we were talking about, but it's interesting to me, God has married himself to us. Mm-hmm. And we are rebellious people. Mm. Uh, we betray. We, we struggle with infidelity. Uh, there's lots of things that we struggle with uh, in our in our relationship with God. And it's no different for us as couples. And in those moments, we can get overwhelmed. And we can quickly look to, you know, what book can I read? Or what podcast can I listen to? Or what sermon series would help And those are all good things and i highly recommend them and i would encourage our listeners to keep pursuing those things but don't lose sight of the cross Uh, jesus paid a dear price uh to to be related to us and we have an example in jesus of what it what it looks like to be devoted to another human being and i'll just i could go on you know i'm a preacher you you give a preacher a mic he'll keep going um so i'll close with this yeah um or land with this um When we think about what Christ has done for us, and we think about the price that he has uh, paid uh, for us, and when we we take our marriages to the foot of the cross, it's important to remember we don't learn to love and then get married. Mm -hmm. Marriage is one of the training grounds for learning to love. That's so good. Mm -hmm. And so we're learning to be sacrificial. We're learning to serve. We're learning to be others-focused. We're learning to plot and scheme how to serve each other, like Sarah said. And the cross reminds us, and also, I think, nourishes our faith. And you can't help but look at the foot of the cross and have your soul restored, and it helps refocus. And it sometimes it's hard to forgive. Sometimes it's hard to reconcile. Uh, sometimes it's hard to work through the things that we are challenged with in our marriages. But I would just land with that. Um, it's at the foot of the cross, Where we are reminded of what it looks like to serve and to care and to love and be merciful.
1: Mm. Wow. That's so good. Dan, Sarah, this has been an amazing Mm. hour with you guys. Mm.
2: Thank you for having us. Yeah,
1: you guys are so kind. What a gift to be with you. Wow. And Samuel? Yes, sir. This is how we need to record. When we can see one another and yes. engage with one another <laughs> yeah. and be funny with one another, mm-hmm. first lady.
2: Yes, thank you. <laughs> and thank you. Uh, if, if you've taken anything away from uh, this, it's first lady.
1: Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so thank you.
0: Uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, thank you for having me. Yes, us. absolutely. Seriously, it's a gift. Great. Thank oh. you we're happy to have you Um, if this has been again your first time listening to Together we are excited to let you know that this podcast will be continuing in season 2 you can look out for that in late August and uh, if you are wanting to know more about the podcast you can email us at care at adababa.org in addition to reaching out to both me and Dr. Kelly Bonwell for any other information that you need again for us this has been Together and we will see you in season 2 Thanks for listening to Together. We hope that you've learned a thing or two. If you find the podcast helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like more information on Ada Bible Church and its ministries, or someone to pray or dialogue with about your marriage, email us at care at adabible.org.